モーニングプロジェクトプレゼンツ Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again. GVGP episode 56 is about to get underway. Coming off a legendary gaming year in 2023, as 2024 gets underway, it was unthinkable as to how this year could top the last. But, in an event the magnitude of which hasn't been seen since Sega went third party in 2001, Microsoft has gone from an afterthought in the current console generation. To the center of attention for a decision which will change the course of gaming history. Molly and I catch up, share our thoughts on the current landscape, and more in this latest episode of the Generic Video Game Podcast. Anthony's wrong. Xbox is dead. If you haven't sold your console already, it's too late. Throw in the garbage. It's done. It's over. It's gone. Sorry. Sorry, Xbox. Your console's dead. Boy, I picked the wrong horses this generation, didn't I? The one generation I, I, I main Xbox, and Xbox is dead now. If you've thrown it out in the dumpster, quick retrieve it before the,、uh, oh、God, the pickup I, truck. I threw it away. What did I do? It's not dead. They're not dead. Man, you want to talk about anticlimactic. Now, here, now here's the deal. Many, many of those listening at home or in their car. Most likely already know what we're talking about. I mean, I don't think there's any newbies that listen to this show or someone that's just getting into gaming. Yeah, you noobs. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, for the record, there will be four older Microsoft titles, which were at one time exclusive to the console, going elsewhere. Other platforms such as Play- PlayStation, Nintendo, etc. It, is that a correct statement? Yes. But we, what we need to say, and this is, this is the important part that I think some people are just completely missing out on, is it's four, four titles for now. There is no way it's only four. Can,、right. we, agree, can we agree with that?、Uh, 100%. Well, yes. You do not completely change the course of your exclusivity plans and then only have it be four games. Correct. It's not、uh, just four it's- games. They're dipping their toe in the water, arguably.、Yes. But at the same time, I will say this unless they want it to fail from the start, hopefully, of the four titles to come, at least a couple of them are decent. Because you, correct me if I'm wrong, you may not want to put your absolute best, most current title on your competitor for now. But at the same time, you don't want to put garbage that isn't going to sell because then it, it's, a failed, it's, it's a failed experiment of sorts. And we, we, we do know what games they are because of Famitsu, because Famitsu's basically announced it. Oh, okay. I, I thought I saw the four, but then I was told. I mean, the from, from what I understand, announced. Famitsu announced them. And so it's、uh, Hi Fi Rush. Okay. Grounded, Pentiment, and Sea of Thieves, I think, are the four, right? Those should be the four games. Okay, so Hi Fi Rush, I know, is a cool one. So, two, so two, of them, two of them are game game as a service games, if you want to call them that Sea of Thieves and, and Grounded. Then Pentiment's kind of the little indie ish kind of game. And the Hi Fi Rush is. I've not played it yet. People loved、right. it. It was the kind of.、Um, what's it called when you announce a game and say it's out right now? 
Uh, uh, stealth Drop. Stealth Drop, yeah. It was the kind of Stealth Drop. Well, why from... can't I think of the Japanese director? It's really bothering me right now. Well, it's, uh, it's Shinji Mikami. Thank you. I don't know if he actually touched that game or not. Wow. <laughs> he touched it in a Could... bad... No, not, not like that what, kind of touch, what, but like... Was it Tango Gameworks? Yeah, it's, it's Tango Game. Okay. I can't remember if it was one of the things where like, it's, it's like the... Like the token white guy at the company who who directed it, or if there's something like like that, in those kind of situations. But the only reason I'm gonna I'm gonna give uh, well I'll give you credibility on that because and I don't know this. There was a documentary I watched with KG with uh, Shinji Mikami. God, I almost said KG Inafune <laughs> with Shinji Mikami. Maybe within the last 24 months, and it was a mid development coming to the end on. Ghostwire Tokyo, mm-hmm. and I know at least at that time he was really trying to get this younger gentleman in the saddle, so to speak, and he was expressing how it's important, like you know, his time, yeah, is coming to an end. So yeah, I believe what you said is probably accurate. Yeah, I I don't remember who exactly was on the team who who handled it, but so yeah, supposedly those are the four games. Um, so leading up to this, obviously, it was like. Xbox is going to leave the hardware market, which they they said they aren't. They said they're planning on having the most, was it the most powerful hardware they've ever had for their next piece of hardware? They said the biggest generational leap ever right. seen. But we don't know what that means, right? There's there, the rumor that they're ending all physical games, which probably is still true with everything we've seen going on. And if you're Molly, you're trying to hunt down a physical copy of uh, Persona 3 Reload for some weird reason. Yes, I, I'm looking at it right now. I'm holding it in my hands, my sealed oh my copy God. that I have not opened because um. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm going to keep it or not. Uh, that now, let's, let's, let's do a target check. Let's right now. Tar- does <coughs> does target have, so, so per, uh, well, okay, target, Persona 3 Reload. Let's, let's, let's mm. check on this and then mm. I'll explain Persona three reload so the problem is folks and any of you who buy physical games will um it looks like they do not have persona 3 reload on xbox anymore they only have the 199 dollar collector's edition which i did want but i i uh, didn't do it now the ps5 was available near you okay but yeah, I didn't want to sidetrack you. I saw it as an opportunity of physical games, but talking about Xbox, how you feel they may be doing away with all physical disc releases. Yeah, so just real quick as a, as a sidetrack. Um, so it used to be, right, that a game would come out and we would be like, well, I really want that game, but I'm going to wait till it drops in price, you know? Right. Uh, there, there were some companies like Atlas where you ran a risk of that. There was something like Nintendo where the price would never drop. But generally, you could do that. And the, the problem is, especially in the last six months, is it's looking like you maybe can't do that anymore because games are starting to get really hard to find. I was telling Anthony that I've seen reports online about, like, was it another code? Is it re- recollection, recollection? Oh, damn, and I missed it. Yes, and I forgot about that. Well, you can still get it, but that people were saying that, like, in their local markets, like, it was just gone. And that, like, right. stores were getting in one, maybe two copies um, <clears throat> if you hadn't pre-ordered. And I saw people saying the same thing about Tekken 8, is that, like, GameStop, some GameStops had, like, one copy of that game uh, if you hadn't pre-ordered. 
And it's just, it's looking more and more like some of these Xbox games are, I mean, not, not Xbox, anything, period, is like physical copies are going to be harder to find, especially for niche stuff. And and we, you might be seeing examples of like smaller one print runs of some of these games just to have mm. physical out there and then they're gone. And so on Persona 3 Reload, the reason I bought my copy was because I, I saw on Target that Target said like they had like, I mean, no copies locally, but they had five copies left for ordering online. Amazon at the time had like seven copies left. And and I was like, is this going to be a game where it had a really small print run? And right. it's gone. Because there's rumors that have come out, taking it back to Xbox, is that... So Microsoft is, is the company that basically prints all the discs if, you, if you're doing physical Xbox games. We've known for a while that Microsoft has not liked physical games um they've already announced games like major releases like hellblade 2 are not going to get physical copies it's going to be digital only there's been talk that some third parties have been canceling their their xbox releases their physical xbox releases coming up Mm -hmm. there there's been always been a situation of where you had to you you had a harder time printing Xbox games because of the minimal amounts you needed to do, and they did kind of change that, but that's been an issue so sometimes. And so the problem has been... Oh, I'm sorry. And then the big one is that in the leak that came out, the redesigned Xbox Series X that's now going to have no disk drive. And that's right. we don't know for sure that that design is going to go through. It may or may not actually come out, but it does look like Microsoft's trying to get away from physical releases so that's kind of like why i bought this persona 3 reload is because i honestly don't know at this point if that's if what's out there is what's out there and that's it like i don't know if there ever will be re- reprints or anything there's always exceptions to what i'm about to say i i don't this doesn't encompass 100 percent of xbox users but i think you would agree with me in that the average Xbox user doesn't strike me as someone that's looking to collect disc-based games and hardcore niche entries. Now, there are some of those individuals that do own that product, but they're very rare. And I feel like stereotypically they are more Sony and Nintendo-based. Now, I usually hate the big bad giant corporations and Microsoft, but at this stage with their audience, can you really blame them? And probably wrong on this, but I I think it was almost like ninety percent of the games on Xbox are digital games. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. You showed it, me a it, chart. It a few might weeks be ago even that it, high. I, it I'm blew pretty sure it was, it was at least seventy percent. Yeah, I think it was like ninety. So I completely understand. And the thing for me that is funny is that I actually think, depending on the kind of player you are, is that the Xbox is actually the a better platform to get dig, uh, physical games on because if if you're somebody who swaps a lot like if you want to like go back to a certain old game or whatever um you obviously have to have a digital copy of the game and a physical copy of the game which is which you're basically buying the same game twice I I do realize that but what's one nice thing is if you want a game digitally and you've got a physical copy, you can use that physical copy to install the game and then just play oh. it off of your digital license. Yeah. So if you're, if you're somebody who has um, 
concerns about bandwidth, like if you have to pay if you over a certain amount or if you have just low amounts right. per month on your on your internet plan. Um, you can actually use the physical version to install a, a big chunk of the game and then go from there, which is which is I kind of like because there are some games like Tom Clancy's Division or um, I've got what do I have like Resident Evil Two or Wasteland Three or things like that where I want to get back to them at a certain point and it's nice to have found a really really cheap physical copy of that game that I can then install later. Mm. So I do like that, but at the same time, I the the audience just isn't there for physical copies on Xbox. So I understand why they have no problem getting rid of that if they're going to do that. It's it's been interesting. I, I I know I keep saying this, but you showed me that chart a few weeks ago, and I don't. It wasn't just Xbox. I think it was uh, various just gaming in general, and it was it was shocking. Well, and so in all of this, you know, the question is like, like. What does this mean for Xbox going forward? Um, they have come out and they've said that they've got a strong commitment to backward compatibility. If you've got games digitally, they did specifically say that. That that's nice. They they don't seem to be dropping hardware, but we don't know what their next hardware is going to look like. If the talk of a PS5 Pro is true, all the talk has been that there's not going to be a stronger Xbox uh current current gen but they're just going to go next gen and the question becomes are they going to try to maybe get a year head a start jump. you know yeah like they did before kind of call this generation a wash for them cut their losses and start from scratch with at a higher point right and and will that just be more of a mess because I, I know another company who tried that and uh they don't make consoles anymore you know <laughs> um but so like I I don't you know I I don't uh, think it's it's a doom and gloom that people had before this announcement came out. But I also but, think the announcement not saying much was I don't yeah was I don't good, know I but feel... also bad. Yeah. Yeah. Because it didn't really reassure me too much. I agree. You know so so I and and let's be clear. Because th- this also kind of has been mis- misinterpreted by some people. So the rumors going into this were that Starfield and Indiana Jones, the new Indiana Jones game, were going to go to yep. other platforms too, right? Yep. What was specifically asked was, are like are games going to other platforms? Phil Fencer said there's there's four titles right now that we're going to be taking to other platforms, right? He didn't say those were the only games, but he said there's there's four that are in the works right now. Right. And then he was asked if Starfield and was he or was it only Indiana Jones or was it both? Anyway, he was asked like are Starfield and Indiana, Indiana Jones two of those games? And he said no. Right? So some people have taken that to to, oh, to okay. mean he, he said yeah, those he, games are not coming to other platforms, no. and that's not what he said. That's like in being in court. He right. answered the question exactly as it was. He answered it. Yes. Are are those two games of those four? No. Right. But he didn't say they weren't coming. Hmm. So the question is going to be, and and this is an honest question, is, I mean, okay, so so obviously if you're a PlayStation fan, 
some PlayStation games now are coming to PC, right? The right. PC is a completely different beast. I know people right. want to say it's it's not, but it is. It's a completely different thing. It's a completely different landscape. P- PlayStation exclusives aren't coming to Xbox. They're not coming to Switch. You know that, right? So if you're not a PC gamer, the one place to play those games is PlayStation. Right. They can say for now that only four games so far are coming to other platforms. But again, if they're doing four, they're going to do more. And at that point, if you're picking between buying a console, are you going to buy the console where you're not going to get the other company's exclusives and that console's exclusives might go other places? Or are you going to go buy the console that gets exclusives that aren't going to other consoles and right. might other get might get other consoles exclusives, right? Like in that situation, why do you not buy a PlayStation if that's happening? Uh, yeah, I'm listening. I'm not ignoring. I, I have a. There's a lot going through my mind in different directions. Um, it's just like like I, there's a lot of things that I like about the Xbox Series um, X, not an Xbox Series series, the Xbox Series X and S in terms of being platforms to play games on. But what has been shown this generation is that most people don't care about those things, right? Like, don't care about, like, I love that this little controller has batteries that can take in and out of it. Most people complain about that, right? I, I like the backward compatibility stuff. Most people right. probably don't actually care. I, I, I like certain things about the user interface and the way the online stuff works. Most people say, why, why has it got the same menus that my old Xbox had, you know? Mm, mm. The, the, the good things about the Xbox generation, a lot of people just have not cared about. They've been meaningless. The main thing has been games. And if you're now saying that those exclusive games are going to go other places at some point, and those other places are other consoles, what, what is attractive about getting an Xbox that as of this generation, is already having trouble selling to people. Well, I have good news for Xbox owners. Mm. If they're worried about missing out on PlayStation exclusives in 2024, they really don't have much to worry about. (laughs) Aww. Because Sony essentially came out and said not to expect... What was it? Any new sequels or new titles from in-house? Okay. From- yeah, yeah. To, no, to be fair, the, the statement was like, um, there will be no new like chapters of established brands. Okay. Across the next year or something like that. Does that mean we might actually see a couple new IPs from Sony and not sequelitis? So I would expect, because we know Naughty Dog isn't doing Last of Us Part 3 next. So Thank I would expect God. a new game from them. I I would kind of assume that this means that that Wolverine game counts because technically it's not an established brand for Sony at this I point. I bet you that I I'm very I I have high hopes for that. Could be that. Um, I'm trying to think of who else they have. Uh, I don't know what Sucker Punch is doing right now. I'm not sure. But yeah, so so I mean, it's kind of a good thing that we're gonna get new stuff. You know. But if you were hoping for any sequels, well, then... And I, oh, the, what? Sony Santa Monica is doing something new, I think, too. I think they're working oh, on I didn't know that. a new IP. Hmm. Those are the people behind God of War? Yeah. 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 I, I don't know if this is a place to bring it up, but... 
the, the one interesting thing about all this, though, is that um, I wonder how mad, like, HBO is, right? Oh. I know they're going to break up Last of Us Part 2 into two seasons, but, like, they have to be wanting Part 3 to come so they can make a, a oh, God. new season for that, given oh, how, how those ratings were. Molly. Mm. It's, it's like, you know, like how, how, like, when they were continually poking George R.R. Martin with the stick, being like, come on, finish this so we can make the TV show. <laughs> and they finally had to do it themselves. Oh, my God. Um, that speaking of PlayStation, before we move mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. Um, you bought a new toy today. So what's what? what oh, what God, you just love you? embarrassing me on the show. I'm not embarrassing because here's the thing, right? I said, this generation, I decided, potentially stupidly, because they're going to kill the machine, that I'm right. going to go Xbox as my main pla- gaming <laughs> platform this generation. And yet, for the past, like, three weeks, 95% of my gaming has been on the uh, PlayStation 5 that I thought I was not going to play a lot because of this little thing here, which is the DualSense Edge. Yes. I I think the DualSense is a terrible controller. I I loved the DualShock Three. I absolutely adored the DualShock Four. I thought it was one of the best controllers ever. And uh, this big hulking piece of garbage that they call a controller this generation is 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 X, original Xbox Duke levels of big and and ugly, but. They just somehow got things right with the DualSense Edge because I get my DualShock 3 style analog sticks back. I get some of the best back buttons I've ever used. Um, the controller, oh, okay. are the you controller saying... is like $3,000, but... <laughs> are you saying the stock um, DualSense was not to your liking, but uh, this mod... I don't. I don't like the stock dual sense. Um, it's too big. It's too bulky. It's too heavy, and everything. But you. But you feel that this is far superior. Well, That's your because tip. of those things that make it better for me, mm-hmm. got me to get used to it. So it's mm. it's not that this controller feels better because it feels exactly the same on a mm-hmm. base level. Like ge- genuinely, these little. Not even half circles. Are they like third circles? There's, there's, there's two different kinds of back buttons that come with this controller, and the ones are like little, like half circle looking things. Mm-hmm. And these legitimately are the most usable back buttons I've ever tried in a wow. controller. And then I get the like DualShock Three style of analog sticks that you can swap in there. If if there's any drift issues, you can swap out for for new units. The, the trigger stops to make the triggers fire faster. Like, all those little things. They're difference makers. Were, They're little things, but they add up. Were difference makers that, that convinced me to get used to the controller. And, and, well, and, and I, do, I do really like this controller. It's, it's way too expensive, but I, I, think, I think if I were not getting it through work and buying it on my own, that with the risk of just just alone the risk of of stick drift at this point <clears throat> where if the regular dual sense 
the analog drift, then you just buy a new dual sense for 70 bucks. I think at that point, I might, like you seem to have done, just invest in the edge and have the confidence in that, that at least one part of it won't break down. Right. Well, you know, not to make excuses or place blame, but Molly was really the person that put me over the top to pick one up. This is kind of in my mind because I'd sold a lot of my, my Xbox products a few years ago, and that's not a knock on them. I used you, you to have. You knew they were dead. You, you know Saddam well, yeah. did. You knew they were going to die. I, I, ha- I used to have the Xbox Elite uh, ah. controller. And opening this up, I haven't actually plugged it in yet. I'm going to do that tomorrow because I literally just picked this up like an hour ago, so it's that fresh. But it was a very similar experience to that, from the packaging to the the case that it comes the with. Fancy, fancy com- case, yeah. Yeah, there's. I already. I do have one complaint, but I knew this going into it, and this goes for this. And I don't know if Microsoft is still doing it. I there's. Well, there's there's two things I wish, but it's because Molly and I are 175 years old, so I've given up on this dream. Well, this is twofold. I. I'm very surprised with these fancy controllers that they didn't take a page from. So before we had the DualSense Edge and before we had the Xbox Elite 1 and 2 controllers, if you go all the way back to the Xbox 360 era, do you remember the higher cost controller they had? It was not called an Elite, I don't think. But it was primarily like a silver color, all of the buttons. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Why has nobody adopted that flexible D-pad that could rotate up, change the D-pad? That is something I feel that these controllers should have. I think part of that was just because the 360 D-pad was so terrible mm-hmm. that they had to do something to make a better one. Well, Whereas I don't think the the Sony's weirdo four buttons that are not right. four buttons actually isn't that bad. I agree. I don't have. I will say this though. So let's. Okay. So that eliminates that from the conversation. The elite, if I recall, did have. You could use the more standardized D pad, or you could put like this uh, disc. Right. Yeah. Uh, I I would even settle for that. But I, I mean, the only reason I'm being this picky, I don't have big issues with the D pad. I'll make that clear. But for the pricing and all of the doodads that you get in there, I feel like that should be thrown in there. I think Sony just doesn't care about the D-pad at this point. Yeah. I think, I think, they, I think they, they think it's good enough, which it, it is. I think that's why. I think my my two big complaints about this controller, first of all, is they actually made the battery harder to replace. Oh, yeah. I've, yeah. On a controller this expensive, I hate right. having a battery that's got a shelf life in there. Right. I can't easily get in and out. And the other thing is, is they, they put white rubber on the insides of the grips um which first of all it being white rubber makes it harder to clean and second of all that rubber is going to get gross after some number of years because all rubber breaks down after a while so i kind of wish that was just plastic even though it'd make it feel a bit cheaper it would give it more longevity unless Um, you're psycho like me what did you yank them off (laughs) no (laughs) No, it's just my whole ritual of cleaning my hands and all oh. that before I touched it. I always remember years ago you told that you said you had guests over. This I don't know why I remember this story. 
You said you had guests over or whatever, and they were eating Doritos, and they were getting ready to touch your Switch. My kids, like, we have we have gaming night, and every time right before, if they, if they, my wife inevitably gives them a snack before we game. Oh, boy. And I'm like, don't, don't, don't do that. But she does, <laughs> and then it's like, nope, you're not touching your controllers until you right. wash your hands. Right. Even though... I got them their own controllers for Christmas, you know, so it is their controllers. And I'm like, no, oh, not, yeah. you are not touching those. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, 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 I really like this controller. I like how easy it is to swap profiles. I actually have profiles uh, set up for a few different games. It's, it's oh, nice. I, I look, the price is stupid. I don't right. even know what the price is and it's stupid. I don't remember. How, is it? Is it what, $199. Oh my God. $200 for a controller. But the reality... Hey, we, of, we come from Neo Geo era. Yeah. That was a Neo Geo cartridge, man. That's a brand new Neo Geo cartridge for man. custom controller. Um, the, the reality is... The reality is, current analog sticks suck, right? They, they suck. They're, they're Which cheap, ones? They're, and everything. It's it's cheap garbage. Like the 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 because the same company's making the analog sticks for everything. Oh, I didn't know. You're speaking. You're making a blanket statement. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, so you could you could take your dual sense apart and swap the the analog stick part, right? But mm-hmm. be honest with yourself. How many people out there are actually going to do that, right? How many right. of you out there are actually going to take your dual sense all the way apart? And and actually swap that stick. There's too many risks unless you're an expert. Right. So what you're gonna do is you're gonna go out and you're gonna buy a new controller, right? Right. So that right there is is you know at some point you're already gonna spend seventy dollars for a new controller. And if you get lucky, you'll do that once, right? If you're unlucky, you'll do it twice. So I I kind of think the peace of mind plus the extras are worth it. And I know it's a lot of money. I really do. It's a lot of money. But um, the other thing, too, is is that companies are already starting to work on Hall Effect sticks to go in this thing. What does that mean? I don't even know what that means. Okay, so Hall Effect is, is instead of using the current hardware that we use for analog sticks, where it wears in over time, Hall Effect uses magnets. And... Um, the Dreamcast used Hall Effect sticks, and that basically really? the Dream Dreamcast controllers n- never, never drifted. The, those sticks never ever drifted because of of the method they used for their tracking. Because right now, current the problem is current analog sticks basically they scrape against these little pads on the inside to mm-hmm. tell where the stick is at, to tell where to move your character, and those pads just over time wear down. And you have to basically just replace the whole the whole unit to get it to work again. Whereas if you use the Hall effect, which is the magnets, those are just which magnet is closest and being pulled on the most is what tracks which direction you're pushing. I think I think I think that's how it works. Now, who who said to be working on those add-ons for this device? Uh, I don't is remember it, the exact name of the company. Is it like but, a high-end third party or something? Yeah, but if you if you if you search like PlayStation five hall effect you know or whatever platform you will see which companies are making sticks with hall effect mm. sorry controllers with hall effect sticks in them um there are some companies who will just take your current controllers and take out the the, the stock one and put in new ones wow 
there's there's companies that are selling replacements like there so there's a company that's going to sell like the actual little unit that you put into the because on the for anybody who doesn't know on the dual sense edge for each analog stick it's a little it's a little kind of box on the inside and you can very easily pull out that whole entire box and stick with it and then buy a new one and i think sony sells them for like 20 bucks or something like that hmm. so if you need to put a new one in there but if you buy one of the hall effect ones the theory is if you put those in once then you're good forever as long as the controller is going to last wow because those don't wear down so it's 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 a very expensive controller i know and the battery life still sucks complete butt on it but the reality is our current controllers because we decided at some point that we had to be able to push the sticks in to have additional buttons and that's what started all this oh i didn't oh, that's very interesting i didn't know that uh yeah because you, you used to go i think it, you couldn't you previously couldn't do that with the the ones that use magnets i think is what mm-hmm. it was but um well let me do this so with the wrapping up the sony news here so yeah, by the way, I'll, I'll give you my opinion. I'll, I'll let you know I'm going to mess around with it this weekend, and I appreciate the heads up on that, uh, putting me over the edge on that. I pushed you over the dual sense edge. I, that was that was not planned. By I, the way, I think too. By the way, before you go, I think too. I I believe that if you plug it in via USB C to your PS5, and and there's a little thing that comes with it that locks the USB control the cable onto the controller. I think if you do that, it actually does switch to being a wired controller. It's not It's not a wireless controller being powered. I think it does actually switch to a wired controller. Which means then it's which, not... Which I believe would mean that if your battery does die, then you can still at least use oh, it wow. as a wired controller. Oh, that, oh, that's interesting. I could be wrong. And, and that, that also might give you less input latency in for certain games. Right. I believe that. I'm not saying for fact. Well, I don't know if this is too deep of a topic. I can, uh, I'll give Molly a little break here. There's an article. It's what I consider an evergreen article. It was actually about four months old. And how I feel this kind of correlates to everything we're talking about today is everything from, you know, we're kind of joking around with both Xbox and Sony here about first party titles, major titles trying to go elsewhere. And it's all coming down to money and time. These are major AAA titles. Everyone's fighting for yardage. Uh, at the same time, these companies need to recoup their costs. I'll kind of blast through this article here, kind of get Molly's take. Once again, this was written in late October. It was on Kotaku, written by someone named Ethan Gatch. So this is titled, Ex-PlayStation Boss Has a Warning for the Game Industry. Former Sony Interactive Entertainment exec Sean Layden worries about consolidation and game preservation. The article says, Sean Layden has been at a PlayStation for four years now, but retirement hasn't stopped him from weighing in on larger trends in gaming. Long worried about ballooning blockbuster development budgets, the former CEO of Sony uh, America has added studio consolidation and the state of game preservation to his warnings for the video game industry. Last month, Layden shared some of these concerns during his keynote speech at the GamesIndustry.biz Investment Summit. Quote, First, consolidation can be an enemy of creativity. He said, remarking on an acquisition spree by large gaming publishers. I also think rising costs in gaming 
are an existential threat to all of us, and the entry of Google, Netflix, Apple, and Amazon into the sector, otherwise known as the Barbarians at the Gate. The lifelong Sony veteran who stepped down in 2019 amid a corporate reshuffling expanded on some of these points in an interview last week with the Land Parties podcast. Since leaving the PS5 maker, Layden has perhaps unintentionally, occasionally taken on the role of an offstage chorus in a Greek tragedy, hinting at the possibility of impending doom if game companies don't disrupt themselves before the market does by finding broader appeal and more sustainable business models. A perennial critic of the trend towards 40 to 60 hour blockbusters that require several years and hundreds of millions to develop. Layden talked about the need for companies to de-risk expensive projects by retreating into sequels and established Hollywood franchises. The recent race to acquire studios with Microsoft, Sony, Embracer, Take-Two, and more spending billions to add to their portfolios could lead to even less creativity as more teams are put to work servicing those projects. The article goes on to say, My concern around consolidation is that often it impacts creativity. For instance, it takes some kind of small, independent, wild horse studios and brings them into a larger conglomerate and essentially time slows down the bigger you are, time slows down, Layden says. I'm also concerned when studios get bought and instead of enabling a way to create their game, they maybe get absorbed into a larger enterprise that's making a larger game. You know, how many studios are involved in making blockbuster games that will stagger the mind. He said that in specific instances, acquisitions can save studios from shutting down, and he's glad to see that. But he remains worried about the lasting impact of the larger trend. I'm just concerned about what it does to the creativity urge inside of the studios. And can they keep that sort of independent creativity alive, or do they just get absorbed into the larger whole? Time will tell, but it's a bit concerning. When you go from hundreds of voices to dozens of voices, you lose some voices, Layden said. I'll pause there. We're about three quarters done here. So I'm going to hit pause there. There's a little bit left, but just kind of letting some of that digest and sink in here on what Layden, former Sony Computer in America, Sony Computer Entertainment America uh, suit. This kind of goes back to a private conversation Molly and I were having, sharing some other statistics, which also made me think of this article in that talking about Sony in 2024. Well, the, the, the 2023, they just got off of this past fall, their major blockbuster, which has had phenomenal success, was Spider-Man 2. And I believe we were sharing some numbers. I dare say that the development budget for Spider-Man 2 was in excess of $315 million. That's 315 That is something like that, I think. I mean, that is just... I mean, and the game has been selling... I can't remember if it's already sold 10 or 15 million copies, which is tremendous, especially in my mind for a non-GTA title. But at the same time, when you have a budget like that, that's just otherworldly. 
first of all, I, I miss John Layden. I liked him. Uh, he was Fib Ribbon finally. He was a good guy. I miss I miss him at PlayStation. He actually liked Japanese games and old games, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, no, the in- in- industry is is like a complete mess. And I mean, we've seen a lot of things happening over the last year: layoffs and and studio closures and crazy stuff. I know um, Embracer who who bet the farm on a, a deal that fell fell through, and now they're destroying everything. Yeah, what what not not to cut you off. Let's hit pause right there. What is I'm I'm concerned. I'm confused. We've talked about Embracer a bit on the show and privately. What in the world is going on? They bought every company in the world, and now what are they doing? They're cutting every well, so company in the world. Well, so what happened was they they were so I don't remember the exact details, but there was like some sort of like two billion dollar deal. So okay, here's what happened. Right? Let's let's say let's say I I I tell. I tell um, uh, Anthony, like, hey, Anthony, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna work out a deal for like ten million dollars, right? Because I want mm-hmm. you to, I want you to do something for me, you know. And and you're like, oh, sweet, awesome. And then so you go out and you start. I went like, down to GameStop and I bought five hundred DualSense edges. You but you do that. You start you you start eight companies. You hire a bunch of people and everything. <laughs> all this stuff. You buy like uh, two Lamborghinis, all this kind of stuff. Yes. Before I've given you one cent. And then yes. later on, I'm like, yeah, actually, you know what? I don't think that deal's going to work out after all. Sorry. And then I walk <laughs> away. And then you're like, oh. That's what they did. Is There was this $2 billion deal that they thought was going to go through. I mean, they bought gigantic companies down to they bought limited run games. Yeah, they got limited run games. They uh, bought the the whatever exists still of... of Toa plan in, in Japan. So they own like some, some really weird like like niche japanese shooters they uh started this whole uh game preservation library and everything and and then they've the the deal didn't go through and so they've been closing a bunch of studios they've been firing people they just announced embracer group canceled 29 unannounced games i couldn't even believe that during a six-month period last year uh and they they it said during its first quarter, first fiscal quarter ending in June, it had 153 unannounced games in development. That doesn't across, even make sense. Across internal studios and external studios, it was financing. I so don't they, even know what that means. They grew into this giant monster, and then they can't pay for it now. Um, but so across all that, Sony's just did a uh, financial report like a couple days ago, and the thing I was telling Anthony was the fact that like on. All of this money they made, I don't remember the exact number, if it was like of all of the income they had for that fiscal year, right? they actually got something like 5% of it as profit. That's all they got in. So 95% went out for various, whether it's probably development, paying people, the the company. Development, paying people, keeping studios running and stuff like that. Oh my God. It's like it, it can't continue and that's one of the funny things is you know when you hear microsoft saying they're going to have the biggest generation leap ever in their next console when you hear sony saying that we're already in the in the the latter days of the ps5 at this point i don't remember the exact quote right the latter stages of the cycle or whatever something yeah, like that like companies right now can't even afford they're- to make games that really make use of the current hardware like what are they going to do on new consoles and like something has to change because if you said 
we're going to spend $315 million on the new Spider-Man movie, right? That's oh. that that's a high budget. Oh. Big th- what it's not taking into consideration marketing and stuff. I don't want to go down that road. That is way more expensive than any Spider-Man movie that's been made. So I and I know games and movies are different things, but like because the rule, I think the rule. Let's just make let's make believe. I'm not looking it up. I, I'm not. Let's say the new Spider-Man costs two twenty. I'm making that up. It's probably in that range. I think they say in order for the movie to truly break even, you have to double that amount to, because you have to take right. into consideration marketing. So at its base, the budget. I don't think there's been a Spider-Man movie that was three fifteen. If you take into consideration marketing, then yes. But three fifteen on a video game, Spider-Man Two is just. Uh, I mean, and, and like not not to discredit anything that goes into developing games, right? Movies need to take real people to different places and film. They need to like move entire crews to different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. To do filming and stuff, they have to pay some of these stars millions of dollars. Oh, to, I think to, I think I know what you're gonna say to be in their movie. Like, how does a how does a game cost that much? Right, like how are we at a point where it costs that much to have again? Not describe what they do. A a a room full of programmers and a room full of artists and a room full of sound techs and stuff like that. Like. Like, how, how do you get to being that kind of a budget? Uh, I will say this, and I'm not trying to be a contrarian. I can't remember in the last year I did, uh, I think it was like Monster Hunter Rise. And uh, there's a reason I'm bringing these games up. And there's a couple other titles I went through. And I sat through the credits. Yeah. And I could not believe, I said, is this a Marvel movie? Yeah. I mean, I was saying to myself, when it's all said and done, what did if you split up the money? I'm like, did everyone get flipped a twenty dollar bill? I mean, but back to your point, I do believe, uh, and I mean, uh, I don't know this. I'm, I'm and I'm speaking in general. I'm not picking on any company. When you get into numbers that high, there's got to be some mismanagement of money. The only game I'm gonna say that's probably that I believe that it's going to cost that, and I'm not a big fan of this series, Grand Theft Auto 6. Yeah, I mean, well, that, that's the thing, like, Grand... But that company's so rich with money right now that that budget, all jokes aside, could be a billion dollars, and they're going to make that back. Because, um, okay, so, so Grand Theft Auto 4 in 2008, the budget was $100 million. Wow. I'm trying to think of what what were they saying the budget for six like what was it? Yeah, some some speculate that the total cost of development and marketing for GTA Six could be in the two billion dollar range. Oh my god! And that's obviously marketing and everything, right? But so like, cut it in half. Let's let's cut it. Let's say go low. That game development wise could be five to seven hundred million. Uh, easily, yes, easily. But that's that's kind of um and this kind of ties into this a little bit. I don't remember who was saying it. Was I don't think was it a conversation I was having with you or was it a conversation I was actually listening to? But uh no, I think it was Kyle Bossman on his, on his latest video. I think it was him. I could be wrong. But the the conversation was coming up was that so I obviously uh what we haven't mentioned yet is Hideo Kojima 
announced a new stealth action game, right? Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think it was Kyle was saying that it felt like Kojima was saying that this was going to be one of his final games. Kind of like the magnum opus of his career and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And that part of the problem was that at this point, if you want to make a new game, it can take five, six years right. to make, right? So you you look at gaming and you look at like the budgets on these games and the 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 personnel costs on these games and the time it takes to make these games. And it, it does feel like something has to change. That we can't we can't just keep going in this direction because Games are getting too big and too costly and take too long. And I don't want to be greedy when I say this because I agree with what you're saying. I also, on the, I don't just want the flip side either. Okay, I don't want all Grand Theft Auto 6, but I also don't want, uh, this is so, uh, Baba is you. Sure. Uh, you know what I'm trying to say? Uh, there's got to be some sort it's what you actually it's what you've been crying about and i don't mean crying literally for years you have you have said this for many years before this podcast way way back you miss that sweet spot that middle ground that you used to get like ps1 ps2 era Games that may not have been A+, plus, but some stuff that took chances or were, I don't want to say good enough, but you had a lot of great, unique experiences and different types of games to explore. And that has essentially been missing. So, like, obviously, they're worlds apart, right? But I, I was just curious, like, okay, Sonic the Hedgehog, the original one for Genesis, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what was the staff on that? I just looked. Four or five. There were... There were Eight people made that game, mm. right? I, I bet you it took six months. Yeah, maybe. Let's say a year. Let, let's I, say I, a year. I don't, I don't think anywhere close to a year. I, I think it's closer to probably six months. Six, six to eight. Uh, well, I'll, I'll be generous to say eight months total is what it took to make that game, right? And that was a big blockbuster title back in the day. Right. That's kind of the problem is, is that we obviously we're not in the 16-bit world anymore but it used to exist that the difference between a gigantic blockbuster and a smaller project were a matter of months and a matter of maybe 12 staff versus six staff Mm. eight staff versus four staff right and we're so far away from that now that the difference between the Baba is you or you know the the little uh yeah. what's that what's that Undertale, right? Yeah. Undertale versus GTA six, right? You're talking <laughs> potentially tens of thousands of times different in terms right. of staff, in right. terms of cost, if if not higher numbers than that. And and so like it's it's kind of like it's like an arms race where the 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 countries that are participating the most in the arms race are going bankrupt having the arms race 
Right. And it's not I, it's not doing anything, you know. Uh, I have a weird question. I'm going to pick on GTA 6 again. So, from Rockstar's viewpoint, with the success they've had with GTA 5, all the money they brought in, that's that's fair and square, right? I mean, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like that's fair game, right? They they had that success, they have the spoils and the riches. And they're able to allot X amount of dollars that they see fit for their next project, correct? Mm -hmm. Most likely with their track record, with what they're going to put out and the hype, they're going to have another mega hit. But at the same time, because the bar has been raised so high and, and most likely, unless they completely crap the bed, they're probably going to put out another genre-defining sandbox gargantuan you know, the, the title. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, isn't that now going to hurt the industry even more in a way? Because now people are seeing something like that can be done and then expectations are going to be raised again. I, I think I think it's I, I would skew the blame a little bit differently because I, I think. Nolan is kind of I me. Mean, I'm sorry. Uh, GTA Six is kind of like a Christopher Nolan situation. I feel like mm-hmm. is you know all his movies are gonna be big, amazing productions, and they're gonna come at certain intervals, and he will put a lot of time and effort into it, and it's kind of a guaranteed thing, you know. And people go to see the spectacles he's created. I I think the blame instead should be like on companies like Sony and Microsoft. I mean, I think Sony's a uh, a big problem is because I think they've taught their fan base to expect everything to be these big cinematic adventures coming from Sony, right? Mm -hmm. You and I were talking about this. Yes. Is that we missed the Sony that would have stuff like a Vib Ribbon or a a Um Jammer Lammy, you know, or that kind of like an Eco or Gravity Rush or things like that. But that Sony is gone and it's gone because they killed that Sony, right? They purposely have, have gotten people to expect that every game they release is going to be this big, gigantic spectacle. And I think it's really hard now for Sony to release a smaller game because people will be like, oh, why, why are you guys cheaping out on this <laughs> game, right? Right. You know, it's it's like Nintendo can still do the small weird games and have them be See, successes. that's funny. You, yeah, this is funny. Yeah. Or or I'm trying to get some good companies. Like this is very interesting again because you know who I think in this whole con- and it's funny. Right now and I play my PlayStation the most. Right at, at this moment. I go in waves, okay? But everything we're about to say no matter what, I kind of think Nintendo unless they slip on a banana peel this kind of benefits them again because they haven't had that arms right they've been part of that arms race in terms of of what you have to i mean like literally like one of the most recent games they released was like an old school style 2d side-scrolling mario game right right now now that took a lot more effort to make because every stage was different but it wasn't like this crazy out of control budgeted kind of project right and people were happy with it and then next they're gonna have this this weirdo Princess Peach game. Which I got to tell you, when it was first announced, I could care less. I said, this is going to be garbage. 
And I pre-ordered a copy because it looks neat. Yeah, it looks way better than. It, okay, let let me let me give you more of a, a better answer. My fear was it's just going to be Princess Peach doing a Mario style adventure. Right. But it looks like they actually gave Princess Peach more of a personality and update and her own unique adventure and unique elements that you won't find in other Mario titles. Right. So I you know, I, I think I think they're in a good position. I think um a company like From Software, right? Like you you might feel like you can argue the point that Elden Ring was this big expansive game and and that now they can't come back from that. But I would say I think they could absolutely release a Demon Souls 2 at this point and fans would be just as happy with it. Because what I go to for in from software games like they don't need to be these 200 million dollar epics, you know. Right. It, it, it if it's a if it's a small focused really in-depth fun kind of game that's that's enough for me. But you've got some companies out there so like, like, like I think Sony is the worst about this at this point is that you just expect everything from them to be these big, gigantic things. And, and how do you come back from that? You know, I don't I don't know. Like, I don't I don't know how to say they, 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 they've killed all their all their. I mean, you go back to PS3 days, right? And like there was so much really awesome, neat, smaller stuff coming out of Sony at the same time. And right. they were known as this company who would do the big stuff and also do the indie stuff. And they just haven't nurtured that small stuff. And so now they're stuck in a position where they're having to make a $300 million Spider-Man game. And and how long can that continue, you know? And and, and we saw that too with like um with like Starfield, right? Is is Starfield was this game that's like, you've got a thousand planets you can go to now and all this kind of stuff. And People have been like, it's not fun. It's it's just, you know, randomly generated stuff and it's not fun and there's nothing to do on these places and things. And, really? And they they could have had a smaller in scope, more focused game that might have right. won people over more. Could have been an amazing experience. Well, not, not to bring this up again, and I haven't played it, and I don't know if you've touched it yet. I think you're waiting for the right time, but, you know, an example, and I do believe this was, I, I would consider this a, a, a very high-end title. You know, the one that kind of stole the show the end of the year out of nowhere and, and took the ball, the baton, was Baldur's Gate 3. Sure. But, I, I, yeah, I think, I think that's kind of a, a, a GTA thing where mm. that's a studio who really knows what they're doing making mm-hmm. a very specifically focused thing mm-hmm. that you can't get anywhere else. And so, I, right. yeah, I mean, that, that is, that is a good thing to bring up, but it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. Like it's, I do, I, I do feel just, just like this, the whole market's in trouble and you need to have more, um, of the like near automata kind of things, you know? The, yeah. That's the, a good example. Smaller games that, and it's can, still a great looking game, yeah, right. stylized and but that don't need to be these just completely crazy you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people on the team making this kind of stuff. Mm. I'll wrap this up here. There's we're about eighty percent done. We'll just see what he says in his closing comments here. It says, um, 
The former executive also questioned how much gaming can continue to grow by focusing on existing genres that have already, already failed to win people over. If we continue to coalesce around the four or five genres, then we won't get the new players because those people have already said, we're not interested in your genres, Layden said. Don't kid yourself that someone who's said no to Call of Duty for the last 15 years is going to start suddenly saying yes to Call of Duty. Layden had a somewhat harsh appraisal of the industry's general approach to game preservation as well. Backwards compatibility is available on both Xbox Series X and S and PS5, and Nintendo is flirting with it for the Switch 2, but there are still vast libraries of games on older hardware, including consoles as recent as the PlayStation 3, that are difficult if not altogether impossible to access on current platforms. Even PlayStation Plus, which added older PS1 and PSP classics to its subscription library last year, has been slow to add them. Preservation is important, Layden said. I'm hoping that more people in the industry, certainly the big players, begin to realize that there's an obligation and responsibility. This isn't throwaway stuff we're making. This is stuff that should be around for a long time because future generations will enjoy it in the same way that we have, and it's criminal that we're not doing more to protect it. While companies have been happy to remaster older games or sell new anthologies like Metal Gear Solid Master Collection, there's been no larger unified campaign by publishers and console manufacturers to invest in keeping gaming's history alive and available. As Layden points out, it rarely helps the bottom line. Culturally, though, it's an important way to fix uh, for one generation of players to share their passion with the next. Besides, a medium untethered from its past might have a harder time seeing where it goes next. So he's essentially saying, you know, kind of learn from your history and those who don't pay attention to history or, you know, fail to repeat it or whatever. But Yep. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, uh, let's see. We've kind of been uh, kind of touched a little bit on a, a handful of stuff here this evening. We kind of mixed it up a bit, which I'm happy about. As we start to wind down uh, GVGP fifty six here, another, you know, we're compl- we're we're talking about how making jokes about how Sony doesn't have anything new this year for in house first party, and Microsoft's going through their pains and changes, but. I can still rattle off 20 games that I haven't played in the last month. Yeah. I have not played this or downloaded this, so this is kind of twofold. We'll go one on Xbox and one on Sony. Microsoft had a seemingly overnight sensation about a month ago in PAL World. Yep. And now in recent days, interestingly, Sony has had an overnight sensation of their own. In Helldivers 2. Yeah, like, I, Helldivers 2 took me by surprise because I guess I just didn't expect much from that, but I know it's doing really well on PC too. Um, mm-hmm. I have played uh, quite a bit of PAL World, I will admit, because, you know, being able to ch- shoot the crap out of Pokemon with guns <laughs> is, is, and then eat them is pretty awesome. So uh, I have, I have, I have played uh. that. But it's it's you know what's funny is Power World's one of those games where 
And I've seen this a lot in some of the other, like, kind of survival builder type of games mm. where you play for a while and it's like, right. man, this is so much fun. And you're going through it and going through it. And you're like, wait a minute. I've just been doing basically the exact same thing for like 20 hours now. Right. And I don't know if there's any more depth to this game than this. Um, That's, I, I, I did hear some people echoing that in recent days. I haven't been following it too closely. I have not played it. It is interesting you say that, but I will say there are some games that while repetitive, if they give you that fix, that fix you're looking for over and over, it can work. But yeah, from what you're saying about Power World, I, I have heard some other people say similar. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's a great game that's kind of like veg out with. It totally is. But it, it is just kind of like you, you you realize it's just, oh, wait a minute. I'm Everything I'm doing, I'm doing to get to the next level so I can open up more things, so I can do more chores. So I can open up the next level, so I can do more things, so I can do more chores. It's 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 kind of that the the gameplay loop feels very very small, at least as far as I'm into it. And so it's it's fun to explore and it's fun to to capture the the pals and all that kind of stuff. But it 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 does feel shallow, and I'm not saying that Pokemon also isn't shallow. But I, I'm I'm saying is that you you do come to that kind of realization point where like yeah this is this is like a lot of these kind of survival builders where it's a lot of I'm trying to unlock things so that I can then unlock more things. Right. If you turn your brain off and and like you said, kind of vegetate, it's it's a good time. But if you stop and sit and think about like hey, what am I actually doing? Right. Then it becomes kind of problematic. Yeah, but it's it, it's 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 fun and um. Some of the monsters sure as heck look like Pokemon to to me, and and uh, yeah, they 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 sure do. But it's <laughs> it's kind of neat to have that. Okay, what what would open world Pokemon really have been like? You know, right? Because because Game Freak just won't give that to us properly. From what I know, I don't know, but um. Mm. So so it is it, it it's it's a neat game. Like if you got Xbox and you can play it, or I guess it's on, it's on PC too, but if you can play it, try it. Cuz at least on Xbox it's free through Game Pass. So Actually, I know the final topic for us to discuss as we wind down on GVGP because Wait, real quick, I do have to say yeah. that to mention that since the last time we recorded, I I cannot believe I'm saying these words. Okay. Um since since the last time we recorded, we've gotten three new genesis physical releases come oh my announced. goodness it's like and they're not and they're not stopping what 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 era do we live in right now and there's no slowing down no i i i'm currently tracking the the potential for 15 new physical games to come out for genesis this year um and that's that's not counting anything else going to be be announced for the rest of the year but yeah so so since, since we recorded uh, Eliminate Down got announced from Retrobit, got put up for pre-order, and that's now closed. A uh, which which so Eliminate Down is a a um, side-scrolling shooter from Japan that never came to the West originally. I think it was I think it was Japan and Korea, South Korea only. Um, and then Limited Run Games announced a reprint of Zero: The Kamikaze Squirrel. Which was opened and then and then closed down from Sunsoft. That's about a f- 
that, that was Genesis and Super Nintendo, and now it's like a $500, $400 game currently. And then they currently running right now is a reprint for Arrow the Acrobat 2. Wow. Which is about 300 or so for original copies. So, so yes, in, in, the, in the year of our Lord 2024, <laughs> I can say that there are still brand new physical Genesis games coming. Well, I have advice on how you may be able to pick up all 15 upcoming Mega Drive Genesis titles in 2024. Okay. I, I'm, I'm all yours. This ties into our final topic for this evening. Quick, get a plane ticket. Oh, okay. And head over to Japan. Mm. Because they are now in a recession. Oh. And, and the dollar to yen ratio is, what is it, around 150% up? Uh, one dollar is uh one, equivalent one to one hundred fifty yen. It is currently one fifty point eighteen. Which, wow, so which, yeah. uh, I, I'm trying to if they were saying like it was that's that's the highest. Well, it, and it did hit it did hit one fifty one a number of months ago, but um, I think this is the highest in like thirty years. Or yeah, something, that's like, that must have been my guess. Like that. Is the last time would have been, correct me if I'm wrong, when the bubble burst in the late 80s, maybe? Yeah, something like that. Because when I was living there, if if the yen hit the 120s, that was when I would usually go and convert more of my dollars to yen. Because mm. that was a good exchange rate. Right. And it, it, it's, been, it's been weird, because on one side, as somebody who's married to somebody from Japan, who has friends and family in Japan... I feel very bad for them, right? Going through what they're going through currently, because things aren't necessarily great. I mean, they're not like apocalyptic, but they're they're not necessarily great. But as somebody traveling to Japan and buying things from Japan, it's been amazing <laughs> because this is a crazy exchange rate, like a crazy. And said my my thing, like you kind of said, it was my my thing was always. One dollar equals one hundred yen. Right. So if you saw something rough, for yeah. If you saw something for ten thousand yen, you would think okay, Mo- it's a hundred bucks. Move the decimal to the left two spots or something like that. Right. And I, I want to see. I want to see if I can see real quick. McDonald's dot jp. Can I see what their combo combo? Oh, oh come on. Oh, really? this is gonna upset me. This McDonald's is gonna be very interesting Japan. for me. Can I not oh, see this- like? English menu is available for your convenience. Let's see what a combo is. Okay, so I can get dinner. All right, that's a big Big Mac. All right, so what? So do you want? Is that how many nuggets is this? This looks like it's about twenty nuggets. Okay. Twenty nuggets and two large fries. Okay. You're paying nine hundred and fifty yen. So. For 20 nuggets and two large fries at current exchange rate, that's $6.33. Wow. Buy Big Mac set, which is a Big Mac that has four meat patties instead of two. It's like the double Mac or whatever. Yeah, it's a double double Big Mac. Uh, A fry and a drink, a regular kind of combo, but then the double the meat on the Big Mac. That's also $6.30. Wow. So so the, the prices... It's not like like our you know our our McDonald's prices right now are crazy right so it it's kind of 
Putting aside the exchange rate right now, the prices are either kind of similar or lower in terms of if you're thinking about the old $1 equals 100 yen. But at these exchange rates, like everything is crazy cheap over there right now. So if there was ever a time you were going to go to Japan or buy things from like Amazon Japan or Sudagaya or whatever, like right now is the time to do it because those dollars go a long way. It's unbelievable. Yeah, so I, I I do feel bad for all people I know and love in the country, but it's it's like as a as a foreigner, it's amazing traveling there right now. Hmm. You thinking of getting back out there uh, sometime this year? Yeah, we're gonna try to go back this summer. Um, I I just I just wish that um, their retro game prices weren't destroyed like ours are destroyed because that that that's at this point like. It used to be you would go to Japan to get like the cheaper retro games, and that's that's gone too. Wow! But what but, uh, what do you think in Tokyo or Tokyo Osaka? Osaka, yeah. Hmm. Uh, depends on like I mean it's 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 harder to fly directly to Osaka, so we might have to go to Tokyo first again, and then because last year we went to Osaka, I mean, Tokyo first, and then took the the bullet train down to Osaka because it was cheaper to do that than try to get a flight directly right. to Osaka. So. Well, that was last year you went last summer? No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, that was 2022. God, it's been... Wow. Jesus. Yeah. Mm. Year, year before last. Mm. But no, seriously, like, if, if, if you've ever thought that you wanted to go to Japan, there, there is not a time when your money will go farther than right now in right. terms of getting over there. And you can eat... I mean, if you go to get, like, good, like, Japanese stuff, like, like ramen or, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can eat super cheap every day if you if you need to eat cheap, and then damn, spend the rest of your money on on complete nonsense. Hmm. Well, well. With that said, I want to thank Molly for taking the time as we kick off 2024 here on the Generic Video Game Podcast. It's a pleasure as always to get on here, hit the record button, um, kind of get out there in the gaming world. And uh, with that said, we hope everyone had a wonderful Valentine's Day, hoping they're getting some good gaming in during these crazy times. And uh, with that said here, um, when we come back for GBGP episode 57, uh, there will be some new titles out there, everything from FF7 Rebirth to Unicorn Overlord. And depending on how soon uh, we record, On the Horizon will also be the new stunning-looking action game stellar blade so we'll definitely have some new content as we return so with that being said uh, on behalf of molly and myself anthony we want to thank you and we'll catch you next time